Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 26 of At the Coffee Table podcast. I'm Jason Klink, your host. This is the podcast where we pull a chair up to the uh, virtual coffee table and have a conversation about anything or everything. Um, this week, my co-host is my brother-in-law, Dave Parkhurst. Dave, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, having me on. So I asked Dave to join me on this podcast because this is this is the political podcast that everybody either avoids or exposes or exploits. Um, and it's a podcast that I've wanted to do for a few weeks now. And I'm going to title this podcast, The Second Coming of the American Revolution. And no, I didn't think of that myself. Heard it on another podcast. Um, but the basis of it is the how the Constitution is being ripped apart and torn apart, pulled together, not even pulled together, pulled apart by the extreme right and the extreme left. And no one has the best interest of the country in mind. And um, it's very money-driven, lobbyist-driven, and we are heading towards what I believe is the second coming of the American Revolution. Because I think that some, a lot of these politicians have no idea that in November, they're all getting voted out of office if they have any kind of competition based on current events. Dave, you spent your time in the military. You've spent time studying, you know, uh, politics and political science. Do you see any kind of, um, I mean, do you agree or disagree? I guess that's the best way to, best way to put it. It's interesting. Um, every four years we, we have these elections and it always seems as though Things are getting worse, and, and it's just getting nastier and dirtier um, between the two parties. You know, forget forget the fact that we used to have uh, once in a while we would have some sort of independent, be it Green Party or um, you know, what <laughs> uh, Ross Perot ran under, um, running against the against the two two major parties, and, and it just kind of went back and forth. And, and I know that people would constantly say, well, we we're having this competition against uh, just two bulls of crap. And, yes. you know, we're kind of, we, we have to kind of pick and choose um, the least, the least stinky. <laughs> um, I think that this year's incredibly different. And I think it, because of uh, COVID-19, the pandemic, it's it's only exacerbated the problems. Um, I think that if this did not happen, meaning the pandemic, Trump was kind of bumbling his way through through the last four years. He was getting certain things done, and the economy does its own thing. It goes through highs and lows. Absolutely, who, very cyclical. You know, did, yeah, very cyclical. Um, and he was enjoying a very big high. Yep. Um, and I think that was. That solidified his uh, re-election, in my opinion. And then this pandemic hit. Yeah. And um, America, we've been we've been hit with what I think the death toll now is up to one hundred and sixty thousand, something mm -hmm. along those lines. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, it's only getting worse. Yep. Uh, in some areas, it is going down, and, and we can argue the merits of the statistics and and what's what's actually happening. Um, that being said, it does not bode well, uh, especially when it seems as though certain, you know, some other countries seem to at least got a, a bit of a handle on this, 
and we're still trying to figure out, you know, should we, should we go into another lockdown? Um, are we opening up too fast? Uh, we have cases that are rising up in, you know, Florida, Texas, um, in, in some of those states and, in, in, uh, in New York, it seems to be in upstate, it seems to be stabilizing. I think in other areas, maybe not so much. Um, well, if you, it just doesn't seem like we have a handle of, of yeah. this. And, and if you asked me back in May, and when we, we all were talking, but if you asked me back in May, would I ever think that New York would be <laughs> the least amount of cases, less than 1% infection rate um, at any point, I would have thought they're, they're nuts. They're not, they're not, they can't even remotely grasp what's going on. But now if you look at it and for whatever reason, may it, that be the politicians or otherwise, I, I'd like to credit the, the healthcare professionals more than the politicians that yeah. New York has, has the least infection rate of the country, I think almost. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're, they're definitely uh, making headway and, and uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, it, my state, of, my state of Rhode Island just got off the, uh, the, the list of um, King Andrews travel ban list. Yeah. The travel ban list. That's yeah. right. You know, just to go back to your point about Trump bumbling his way through, heading towards a re-election, and and we talked about this before. You know, at the end of last year, I I was steadfast on the only way that Trump was not getting reelected was if the economy yeah. tanked between January and October. Well, it, it tanked, but it, it 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 seems to have bounced a little bit since then. So can't. The problem is, is that you know the the, the economy's recovering outside of job loss. Yes, there's job loss, there's business loss. That stuff, that that's the stuff that's hitting home with people when it comes to re-election. It's not the stock market, it's not a real estate market, it's not the financial district in Manhattan. It's the job loss and the businesses that lost and went out of business because of lockdowns, based on preliminary data, realistically, and under the auspices of let's not over, overwhelm the healthcare system that never got overwhelmed right. and people can toot their own horns and, and tote their own lines. Um, but when information was inaccurate, information still inaccurate, there, there's so many different sources and they're not, the politicians aren't the experts that they come across. They try to come across as they're not the experts instead of putting physicians and scientists in front of the camera saying, this is what we should be doing. This is what would work and this is what wouldn't work. We're putting politicians up there regurgitating something that a small percentage is telling them. Somehow Dr. Dr. Fauci became the world renowned expert in, in germs. And he's probably, the, if you follow the money, and this is what I've been saying for months, follow the money. If you follow the money, Fauci's not, the stand-up guy he, they try to make him out to be. It almost seems like he's trying to lobby for, you know, Time Magazine's man of the year more than trying to get us through this pandemic. I think he's in a tough position. Um, quite possibly, right? Maybe maybe he is the politician that you're, you're arguing that, that he is. Um, I think that he also has a lot of um, pressure on, on all sides to, we need, we need to get this under control. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, we also need to get people back to work and the kids definitely need to go back to school. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think maybe it's, he's in a, in a, a great situation. Um, he also has a president who, um, will 
you know, go on television and contradict him at times. Right. Um, you know, again, I, I think that the, these folks lost a ton of credibility um, when back just a couple months ago during the, the riots um, from the, the murder of George Floyd happened and they said, well, you know, racism is a uh, healthcare, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, what, what did they say? I'm sorry. Um, racism is a. Um, About the health issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a health issue in, in that we support these, these protests and, and then you got folks that are losing their jobs and they're yeah. not able to work and right. they can't go to school. They can't go to church, mm-hmm. can't go to funerals. Um, you know, like the, I, I think that folks seeing that it, it really kind of, that was very troublesome. Um, well, let, let's, let's look how this is tearing apart the country. We have, they have the pandemic that gets sensationalized by the media. Con- the information is completely, and this is where the awakening was for me and how this has probably been going on for decades, in my opinion, is our American society, our way of life, our thought processes have been controlled by dec- for decades by the media. And before social media, you went by the word of your news source in newspaper, radio, television. So to everybody that grew up in that kind of generation, you know, that was, that was gospel. What you heard on the, you know, television, radio, and newspaper was gospel because that's what they were telling you. But now we got the invent of the internet, social media, everybody's so connected that it doesn't take a lot to go, wait a second, that just doesn't make any sense. So we have the pandemic, we get fed all kinds of wrong information and then they try to fit in the right information. And then you have an unfortunate uh, civil rights issue where a man gets murdered by the police and the police are not the problem. What was made of it is a problem. That one police officer was the problem. And now, now we have riots and protests and defund the police huge mistake. Um, and, and yeah. it just, it, it continues to just, just fray apart. I mean, you know, it, at, it's, it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, we, we had this, I was having this kind of this discussion on my Facebook feed about um, what's going to happen in November. And, you know, the president talking about, well, you know, maybe we'll, we should push the election, which, he obviously doesn't understand the law or the, or the constitution by saying that, uh, because you can't without amending the constitution. Right. Um, and correcting like federal law. It apart. That being said, um, I was trying to say, you guys need to basically calm down. Yeah. It's just, just not going to happen. This can't happen. It, w- it won't ever happen without, without Congress getting involved and Congress is not going to do that. Um, and people were kind of like flipping out, like he's a, he's a parent. I'm like, I think, there, I've had friends say that they're worried that if Trump loses, um, they're worried about what the MAGA hats, the Trump supporters are going to do. Um, maybe in the 18th century or the 19th century, not necessarily modern history. I, I wouldn't really worry about what the right's going to do. If Trump wins, I, I think there is more evidence of rioting and um, 
violence yeah. and, and protesting from from the left side of the aisle. Yep. Um, I I don't see that necessarily coming from Republicans. Now, that's not to say that uh, just what about a month ago or so I think it was. Um, hold on one second. I want to pull that up. Um, no, not there. Michigan. That's right. At the Michigan um, state capitol, uh, a right wing group um, showed up with uh, rifles and stuff like that because they wanted to end the end the lockdown and, and have people go to work. Um, it's one thing to protest and to show up with signs and stuff. It's another to show up with arms. Right. Um, and that's a guy coming from someone in the military. It, it's just it's it's bad. It's bad optics. Right. Um, so nothing's not good's going right to come out of that protest. <laughs> exactly. It's not that the right is not going to protest. I'm sure they will. Right. Um, I don't think that they're going to go to the level of violence and destruction that the left generally shows. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about, no doubt about it. And, and I've been, I've been center, either right or left to center my, my entire adult life, any way that I've elected or uh, voted. You know, I, I was a big fan of Ronald Reagan, but not a fan of George Bush Sr. You know, I was a fan of Bill Clinton and Barack Obama to an extent. Barack, you know, domestically was great. His foreign policy was, uh, you know, just horrendous. Um, but then, you know, I, I you even go farther back in time and you look at history and, you know, I would have voted for Jack Kennedy all day long, even though he was probably about as crooked as a politician as there was in the 60s. <laughs> Um, but then, and then you look at, uh, Nixon, who was a crooked politician. He just didn't know how to cover it up. Um, so yeah, I've always, I guess my point is I've always been right or left to center. Well, now you have the extreme left and the Democrats are not the answer for this country. They're not, they, they're borderline ridiculous. I don't know how anybody in California looks at Nancy Pelosi and goes, wow, she's intelligent. I'll vote for her. Um, the Republicans, you know, the extreme right, the Republicans, they're just trying to hold their ground, I guess you could say. And neither party will allow a third party candidate, a third party to even play a factor because of the money that's being controlled and the airtime that's being controlled. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it may not happen in this election. You know, there's a libertarian candidate. There's a, well, there's a Green Party candidate. As far yeah. as I know, there's no independent party candidate. But right. it may not happen in this election, but I think people are so freaking fed up that the next set of elections after this, this will be the perfect time for a, a, a surgence of third-party candidates that can get airtime and have the money to, to make a difference. Um, because in, I voted Libertarian the last election. You, you know, I mean, we, you and I have talked about that. I voted Libertarian the last election because I, I identify for a majority of their platform. I plan on doing it this time. And you have people that say, well, no, you're just wasting a vote. No, I'm voting for no. who I think can do the job and who, who identifies with the American people. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's not, it's my job. Democrat. Yeah. And well, no, and it, it just, you know, I, I have to think, well, maybe I should vote for Trump. Maybe I should vote for Trump just to keep the, the extreme left and the Democrats out. But does that solve the problem? Um, so I truly believe that, we need term limits in this country, no matter what election, local, state, or federal. There needs to be term. If the president has 
uh, term limits, everyone should have a term. Nobody should be a career politician. You shouldn't have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in Congress for almost 50 years and not do anything. Right. So right. anybody that's in there eight years or more, you're done. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Or at, or at least, at the very least, I think there should be an age limit. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of folks, maybe they're hesitant on the, on the whole term limit thing, uh, but definitely an age limit. Uh, when you're pushing 60, 70, 80, yeah. I think you've lost touch with what, um, what the average citizen Completely. needs and wants. Yep. Um, because if, if you think about it, all we ever put in, in place for the most part up till recent history was old white men. And this goes back right. to freaking draconian times. We put old white men in charge. Um, and it just, it, it, I don't get it. And if you, if you look now, well, let's talk about what happened today. You know, Biden was uh, made a, a statement that he was going to have a, a female candidate for VP that he was going to pick. And so he had his choice or whatever. Now, now he lands on Kamala Harris. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's it's very interesting, and I, to me, that came out of left field. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he would pick. I obviously he was going to pick a woman. I didn't think he'd pick Kamala Harris, and and the reason being is I, during these primaries, it is not unusual for um, the you know the the one that won the nomination to pick pick a rival, right? Um, that maybe they maybe they did some jabs towards each other. I mean, look at Reagan and Bush; they hated each other. Right. Um, you know, and it seems as though like, I, I was like Obama and Biden, they didn't really go after each other too much. And the same can be said about maybe Clinton core and, and those folks. Um, but Kamala Harris in the first debate, and she, I thought she crushed it because she made, she made Biden look kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, she also called him a racist and, you know, just a year ago when there was a accusation of, um, Biden, you know, uh, doing something inappropriate with women. Um, <laughs> she said that she believed, you know, she believed them. Yeah. Um, so we're calling him a racist and a sexual predator, but you accept his nomination nomination for vice presidency right. for the vice right. presidency. And, and how is she going to backtrack on that one? <laughs> it's it's so crazy, and you know that Trump Trump has no problem coming out and calling, uh, calling people out. Um, he's going to say in this, you know, I guarantee you in that first debate between him and Biden, um, he's going to come out and say like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what, what Biden says. He's going to be, if he wins, he's going to be the transitional president. And it's really up to what Kamala Harris says. Right. Cause we're ultimately um, voting for his VP. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, I don't know who I'm voting for. I'm, I'm not voting for Trump. Um, you know, Biden, man, it's just, what a picker. There's, we were talking about Tulsi Gabbard. I would have loved it if he had picked her as his VP. That yeah, but you, you know what? For them. Well, she, she, she was axed as soon as she locked horns with Hillary. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, because of how the extreme left is controlling everything. Yeah, I don't think that, well, it depends. I think that if Trump wins in November, the reaction in twenty uh, in twenty twenty four will be kind of the reaction that the Republicans had in twenty sixteen with Trump. And you're going to get someone like an AOC or or someone on the far left um, clinching the nomination. I I 
you know, I, I, I bet it. I, I almost guarantee that that's going to happen. Um, you know, if, if Biden wins this November, which is also surprisingly likely, um, I think he will, I don't know, I think he'll survive one term. I do. I don't think that maybe, maybe he won't, he won't go for the second term. I think he will make it through this first term and maybe call it quits towards the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think that I, this political pendulum that we, I think we might've talked about last, uh, last time I was on the show. Um, it's just, as you said, right. It just keeps going further to the left and further yeah. to the right. And it gets more ridiculous the way it sways back and yeah. forth. Um, well, this, this Trump comes was to, definitely a reaction. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say this comes to my my idea of the second American revolution because we have an opportunity as American citizens, as voters, to not only vote, but if you feel ambitious, run for office, you know, and, and start the grassroots campaign. Grassroots campaigns have notoriously been squashed because in, in, in calmer times, um, but these aren't calmer times. And unless we continue to just absorb the fact that our civil rights are going to get stepped on by an executive order or by yeah. whatever. Um, you know, it, it, it's almost amazing to me that the country had to go this route, that a pandemic had to happen that, because typically if you think about it as history goes back, when it comes near an election, there's some type of war that started mm -hmm. in, in recent history is a regime change of something or another. And this time, be it accidental, man-made, or whatever, we, we have to deal with this, this super bug, this virus, which, by the way, isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, you know, just with a little bit of medical knowledge I have, listen, if you don't have proper treatments and you don't have a, you don't have a vaccine, a vaccine you can trust because who knows what that's going to turn out. They can't even get the flu vaccine right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're going to be dealing with this kind of ridiculousness for the foreseeable future. It's not going to just disappear. Viruses, you know, I, I don't eradicate themselves without a little help. So we get this pandemic pulls up. It's pulling, now, now and not even the financial end, now we, our, our generation of our children, generations of our children are going to be paying for this, how they're just printing money. It's printing it. <laughs> Trillions of dollars is just coming from nowhere to try to keep the the and realistically, maybe it's working because maybe it is keeping the, the country afloat for now. Um, but it still doesn't dismiss the jobs and the, the businesses that were, were shut down. Right. right. The, the, the businesses that aren't coming back. Right. Yeah, they're um, not coming back. You know, I don't know. Like you, you talked about um, the expansion. We're kind of talking about this expansion of the executive branch, which just seems to balloon um every decade and just gets bigger and bigger and right. donald, donald trump back in 2012 you know criticized uh president obama at the time about how many executive orders he was doing and right. his power grab and trump's actually topped president obama in executive orders i, I believe it It just it doesn't stop um and so it's, it's not up to the executive branch to do that this is these are <laughs> These are one for well for one, they don't really work. They're not unless they are signed into law. Unless Congress passes uh, a bill, it's not set in stone. So a lot of this stuff is is kind of just um, fluff. It's it's a it's fluff. It's a band aid. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't really affect 
um, too too many policies in the long run. Obviously Wait, are, are, are you saying there's supposed to be checks and balances? <laughs> that, we, that we don't have an authoritarian it, government? Yeah, it, you know, the, the right, and mind you, I'm, um, I, would, I would say that I'm moderate-leaning right. Yeah. I've been a, I was a Republican for the longest time, um, but they always complain and, and talk about the, the abuse of big government. And w when you talk about big government, when you talk about big spending, both sides spend a lot. It Absolutely. just depends on what they're spending on. Yep. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's a bit hip hypocritical. Um, if, if you are for small government, if you are for um, less power coming from the executive branch, if, if you're for all these executive orders and you're 100% behind Trump with everything he does, I think you're being kind of hypocritical. Absolutely, because if you think about it, without the checks and balances, what you're saying is, okay, we have these elected officials representing the citizens of this country, but I don't like what they have to say, and I don't like it that they disagree with me, so I'm just going to write an executive order and circumvene that system. Yeah, what and the, the Constitution whole, just to say you get to do that. Right. It's, it's a – and this goes back to, again – uh, they've done in the past, obviously Obama did it a lot when Absolutely. he didn't have, he didn't have support from both parties or he didn't have support from Congress, I should say. Right. Um, so he said, well, if they're going to do nothing, I've got a pen and paper. I, I'm going to do something about it for now. Right. right? And, and again, one thing I did like about Trump in the beginning was he criticized the hell out of that. Um, and we're seeing the exact same thing. Yep. Absolutely. So, for, yeah. for a guy that was supposed to be this independent, and as you say, right, an independent, a independent in Republicans' clothing, yep. he's certainly acting a lot like a Republican. He's oh, certainly yes. acting like he really does care about staying in power. Like, I, I, I was kind of looking forward to this guy that he doesn't need the presidency. This is a self, you know, he's a quote-unquote self-made billionaire. Right. Um, you know, why does he want this job? Why would he want the hassle? Um and that's a, every, that's something else he I heard, now, here, here, yeah. heard recently, how that's, for, for Donald Trump, this is a downgrade in lifestyle. Yeah, he was, he I'm sure he the, walked on board, yep. he probably walked into, walked on board Air Force One and, and probably said to himself, look at this shit. You yeah. know what? Like, right, right. You know, it's, you take a downgrade in pay, <laughs> you take a downgrade yeah. in lifestyle for the most part. You know, granted, you're waited on, help, you know, hand and foot and you're catered or carted around and whatever. But realistically, for a multimillionaire, whatever way he got it, this take, taking on the presidency was a downgrade for him. And, yeah. But now he's just kind of, I, I think he's almost forced into toting the party, party line to keep the job that he realistically was so loud about. Yeah. Did you watch the, his performance on that uh, the interview – um, on Axios, uh, it happened about a week ago. You know what I'm talking about? No, I didn't see it. Oh, uh, dude, I, I'm going to send it to you. It is out of control. <laughs> um, it's it's really bad. Like it's it's he looks incredibly stupid in it. And like I'm not a fan of saying that kind of stuff. But it, it's I, I if I was running against him, I would just play that in the background while I'm doing my while I'm doing the debate or while I'm doing a fundraiser or. And it's, right. it, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
he has a hard time answering questions. He has a hard time. Um, he it seems though he just doesn't understand the law, and he doesn't un- no. he doesn't want maybe he doesn't want to listen to his experts. Um, he doesn't care to understand his experts. Here's here's the difference between the Republican president that Donald Trump is and the Republican president that that Ronald Reagan was. Donald Trump, no, I don't know this for 100%, but I'm assuming has put very little time into researching, studying, and knowing American history, American law, constitutional law, um, anything that goes into being president other than what, what he is told. And then you have a Republican president like Ronald Reagan, who actually studied American history. He studied politics because he knew, and I've read up on this, he he understood the fact that, you know, nobody wanted to vote for an actor to be president back then. So, you know, when he ran for governor and became governor, he had to know politics. He had to know American history. He had to know everything that came into governing a state. And he took that into the presidency. Now, granted, at the end of his presidency, he didn't know what planet he was on, but yeah, you know, he—that's he, the two different ends of the spectrum. Donald Trump, realistically, unless he's already read it, memorized it, it's it's told to him, he can't come off the top of his head and make sense. He can't come off the top of the head, top of his head, and know constitutional law or American law because um, he doesn't know. Um, and then he just tries to say how great things are and move on. Um, but you know what? This this author, authoritarian type effort that goes on in the White House isn't only in the White House. There's tons of states. No, I mean, look at, no, hundred percent. You know, look at New York. You know, King Andrew here um, has created the same thing: the authoritarian government that he just signs executive orders, or he instructs the Democratic-controlled state, you know, government to do his bidding, and that's it. That's it. Nobody nobody gets to, you know. Um, counter it nobody gets to say no that's not what we want to do because he has complete total control and i think to an extent it's the same thing in california oh the governor of california yeah yeah sure but um, i think when you have power and and mind you these these states um it's not unusual to have total control of your the, the if you will right the executive branch Right. And your legislative, your your most likely House and state, or your your state assembly and your state senate, or your you know your state representatives. Right. Um, so it's very easy for them to take control, and that's how they can pass, um, you know, the, these laws, carte car blanche, and whatever they want, they, they can basically get. Right. Um, so, and, and that's that's obviously not unique to New York and California and these blue states. Obviously, you have a lot of red states and southern states that um that are essentially doing the same thing and if you're in the minority and this is coming from my time just interning at the assembly uh they they talk about my majority rules minority rights well it's not necessarily that way it's majority rules and you know the minority well you can debate but yeah, go sit really in a corner exactly <laughs> go sit in the corner we'll tell you when we want to talk to you exactly yeah yeah and and the country wasn't created that way. It wasn't outlined. It wasn't structured that way. And we've always been, you know, looking back in history, we've always been different that way. But um, I think over the last several decades, that, that's changed tremendously. 
to where the ultra elite rule, like you said, and the rest of us minions are supposed to get in line. Put your mask right. on and get in line. Right. Uh, so how do we change that? Well, we change that by voting and voting these fools out. Hopefully there's somebody running against them because they've gotten pretty good at making sure they have enough money so nobody can, can even run against them. I think right. it's I think it's ridiculous. Like the Libertarian Party, you know, has to g garner enough votes in the general election to be able to run on the ticket or to have a presidential candidate for the next following, you know, presidential um, election year. One, uh, you know, that just people should look at look at um, look at Teddy Roosevelt comes back, creates the bull was it the bull moose party, uh -huh. and takes over the government. And wins the election. That's what we need right now. We need a bull moose party right now to to bull moose through the election and take over the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's very uh, it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, the what what we see with the corruption with corruption and and um, yeah. the same players uh, being in power for thirty forty years. Um, you know, like we talked about, I think last time Biden in his eighties, um, Bernie Sanders, another front runner in right. his eighties. Um, what are we doing? Yep. Old white men. Keep putting the old white men up there, even though yeah. they're, they're completely, completely out of touch with anything that's going on with any, anything in modern America. You know, you had, when you got Bernie and you got Biden, you've been in, you've been in politics for. 50 years and you can tell you did this or tell you did that. But then in this, in the same breath or at the other side of the mouth, you're talking about all these problems that the country has. Well, why didn't, why haven't you attempted to fix them in the last half century? Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred <laughs> percent. So that, that leaves, you know, I just fall back on that. that all, we all, we all have a choice. We can either close our eyes uh, close your ears and hope for the best come November. And, and realistically, like you said, Dave, who knows what's going to happen after November, which side of the aisle wins? Because they could turn into a whole nother mess or, uh, you know, other problems get, get created. But for us as, as citizens and as voters, you can either not vote and stay in home and stay in your little bubble, or you can make a difference. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming off as uh, I, I probably sounding, you know, upset, emotional, if you will, when we're talking about these things. Right. Um, but I do want to get across the point that we're going to be okay. Um, yeah. No matter who, who's voted into office, there are these, there, you know, while it seems as though our checks and balances are constantly attacked, um, they are there to keep, you know, the president or to keep um, Congress from, from going overboard with, the, with whatever they're trying to do, whatever they're trying to, to pass. Yep. Um, I, I tried to make that point to some of my friends um, and they keep, you know, bashing me over the head with all these Trump quotes and how he, he wants to be a dictator and yada, yada, yada. Um, it, it just, the, the system is there. Trust the system to, to somewhat work in, yeah. in that it's, it's not, we're not going to have um, some, some dictator that uh, destroys our election rules and, 
um, changes the way we run, we do business. It's just not going to happen. It can't happen. Well, that's um, why that's why as 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 citizens we have that we have the power. Realistically or not, yeah. we have the power. Um, and it just begins with us and 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 do doing our civic duty, so to say. Um, yeah. To start start the momentum in a different direction. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And like you said, go out to vote, educate yourself. A lot of people get upset about what the president says. And they just don't, they choose, maybe they choose not to read the, read the constitution right. um, or, or the, or our federal laws and, and really dig into like, can he really do this? Like, is this really something worth me getting upset? You should get upset with the fact that the president of the United States is saying this stuff. I get that hundred percent, but ultimately he can't change that. You know, he can't change the law like that. Right. It, it's, right. Just, it's not going to happen. Right. I've, I've seen uh, some of this, kind of popular booking in, in, in a sense of how Trump could lose, but still stay in power. And it's, it's fantastic, like fiction in my, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't think that, I think the election is going to happen. I think that it's going to happen on time. I should say, I think that I honestly don't think this is going to be close one way or the other. Um, well, you know, here, here's something on that. I, I was going to say that before, and I, I it slipped my mind. So the, Trump wants to postpone the election because, in, in one party, he said he didn't trust the the postal service to get on the write-in ballots delivered in time, and so on. We're in 2020. The gov- you mean to tell me there's not an engineer in the government that can come up with an app, a secure app that we all could cast our vote on, if you didn't want to go to a voting, you know, polling place. But we got to worry about if the the, the ballot's going to get manipulated or delivered on time. It, it yeah. blows my mind. Election, it's interesting because I've, I've done this research in the past and I studied up on this a little bit when it comes to election fraud, which obviously does happen. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen to the this grand scale Manchurian candidate like it. Where, where it's ultimately going to sway the country the way that it votes or, or even a state election. Like right. it just doesn't happen that way. While there is election fraud, it's extremely small. It's small. It's, it's small enough that it really doesn't affect anything. Um, so you're right. We should, there, there should be some sort of electronic voting that, that we can do. Yeah. A website, um, something. Yeah. You know, I, I know that, you know, from what I've seen, uh, you know, we talk about election fraud and and how you know Russia getting involved in 2016. That stuff is is pretty real. Um, <laughs> Newsflash: Russia's been getting involved in our election since the 50s, <laughs> and we have with everyone else too. Like it right. just it happens. Yep. Um, I think that it's. I, I'm a big fan. I'm still a big fan of paper ballots. Um, now I've I have I have voted in person twice uh, since I turned 18. Every other time I voted absentee, either I was at college or you know just moving around a lot. My home of record is New York State, or it was. Um, so if I was living in California or Virginia, whatever, I would mail in the ballot. So to completely write off mail-in ballots is not useful. Is um, I think dishonest, and, and you're, you're just re- you're really not doing your homework. Um, I think this year is kind of different too. Um, I think that actually, you know, reading, 
I think the National Review um, made a good point of, while we certainly can't postpone the election, we can postpone when um, when the ballots need to be finalized, okay? Right. Um, maybe just for this year we do that to allow the states to have some breathe, you know, some, some room to breathe after the election so that right. it's going to take time to count these mail-in ballots if that's, in fact, what's going to happen. Um, so my, there, my prediction will be a record yeah. voting year. Record yeah. amount of ballots. That's my prediction. It'll be. It'll certainly be interesting since yep. usually less than half the country votes. Oh yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I've seen my friends want to abolish electoral college. I think that's insane. Um, I don't know. I think that if we're if we're worried about, we hate the fact that you know we have these battleground states that the president, you know, these uh, candidates go to. If we got rid of the electoral college, it'd be California, New York. Texas, and I can't think of possibly Maybe. one other state that they would spend the majority of their time in. Right. So you're not getting, you're never going to get rid of that. At least, at the very least, this gives a little bit of a playing field. Yeah. Um, now, Trump and Bush Jr., um, those are kind of outliers. Generally speaking, the person who wins popular vote generally wins the Electoral College. It's generally how things work. Generally, um, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I think that the system's fine the way it is. Um, I think that if we're going to change anything, maybe we should push the date to ratify the election, the election results, I should say. Yeah. Um, but to completely overhaul, I think, is against the kind of the spirit of, uh, like we were talking about, majority rules, minority rights, kind of keeping an even playing field. There's a reason why we have a Senate and a House of Representatives. Right. Um, so that, I guess that's, that's my two cents on that. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, I think that's where we'll leave it because we could go on for hours and people will start, stop listening. Uh, yeah. Right. So yeah, we'll, we'll tackle this again as, as we head towards the election, you know, do, do a little bit of a spiel come, come on, you know, October, November to see how, see where we stand from where, what we were talking about now, see how much craziness, more craziness happens between now and then. Um, so with that, I want to thank you for joining me, Dave. Uh, thank you for everybody listening. Please uh, like, comment, and share. Drop your comments. We'd like to uh, hear what you think about the second coming of the American Revolution and how the elections may uh, differ than elections of the past. So with that, everybody have a great night. See ya.